Man, that's such a satisfying sound. It is. What, I love blue, blue, blue? Yeah. Next time, next time you do the summary, your summary can just be in a blues. Blah! Welcome to the Animorphs Book Club, and I'm the War Prince of the Book Club, Be Natural. I'm Batter. I'm Mustard. I'm Stir. I like how you say that exactly the same same tone of voice every time. Yeah, you do. For me? It's a good tone of voice, too. Yeah. I'm Stir. For me? I'm Stir. That's just how I talk, man. <laughs> I'm Stir. I'm Stir. Welcome to the Animorphs Book Club. This is the book club where we talk about the Animorphs books, but only after we've read them. I'm a war prince because I've read all the Animorphs books when I was 12, and these are my friends. These are my Arith, and they haven't read the Animorphs books when they, they didn't read it when they were 12. They're reading it now with me, and we're on book 11, The Forgotten. Is that- is, do I need to say anything else for the intro? No, that's- that's good. Okay, cool. Alright, uh... I think this book has a great title, because- Yeah, I love this title. It's so poignant and sad and epic. I was gonna say, this book has a great title because I forgot this book existed until, like, two books ago. <laughs> this book is pretty epic, though. I find it- it, it, it seems pretty unforgettable to me. Uh, you- <laughs> Except for the fact that the ending kind of negates everything that happens in the book, yes, so maybe exactly. like exactly. I was like loving this book. Like I was like, wow, how did I forget this book? I was loving it. I was like, this is, this is the way it's written is epic. It's really cool. I just like it's like a call of the wild kind of thing, where it's just like, man, nature is cruel, and the odds really seem against you. But then at the end, the end really, the end really took it down a lot. Oh no, the end is the yeah. reason I thumbs up. Are you freaking what? Are you freaking kidding me? No, I'm serious. That's just your gimmick now that you have all the wrong opinions. No, I. So you liked I, it. You liked it when I when I meticulously wrote down everybody's morphs for the books, and then I had to go in and erase it all because none of it even freaking mattered. What? I've been recording everybody's morphs in our Discord, and I I went and wrote down like Jaguar and Spider Monkey for everybody, but then I had to just go and like undo all that because none of it mattered. Because at the end of the book, they were like, oh, none of wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. Why don't I do the summary right now? Oh, yeah. Okay. And then everything will be cleared up. Yes. Okay. Uh, summary of the Forgotten. Jake keeps having weird flashes to where he's suddenly in the rainforest. In one, he's a monkey. In another, he's being shot at with a spear. And in a third, he's listening to Marco complain about Axe being sexy. But he decides <laughs> to shake them off as Tobias has some important news for the Animorphs. Tobias takes them in bird morph to a supermarket, which has a wall missing and some skid marks outside. They see some people who they figure are controllers walking around and decide that the Yerks must be up to something. Later that night, they morph into flies to go check it out. Jake has a really bad feeling about this mission, but shakes it off. As flies, they have to dodge raindrops and avoid cars on the highway, but they make it through. In the store, they find out that a new experimental bug fighter had crashed into the store the previous night, and the Yerks are trying to fix it. They decide to steal the bug fighter and fly into the White House lawn to, explore, to expose the alien invasion. Tobias creates a distraction while they go to, into the bug fighter and morph out. But he can't escape the way he came in, so he hops on the bugfighter with them. Axe flies the ship out through the hole in the wall and up into space while Jake tests out the weapons. They accidentally come to the blade ship and decide to try and shoot it before going to the White House. However, the two ships shoot each other at the same time and the Dracon beams hit each other. There is a bright white light and suddenly both ships are crashing into the atmosphere. Luckily, everyone makes it out of the crash alive and Tobias regroups them together. They are in some sort of rainforest. Cassie figures that they are in South America but is worried because it's the daytime whereas a crash happened during the night. 
access this is probably because the Dracon Beam Collision formed a Syria rip, which is whole in space-time, and they have traveled in time, but he doesn't know to when. He only knows what time of day it is. Also, he forgot most of what he knows about Saria rips because he wasn't paying attention in school today. They talked about it. While they're talking, Jake has a spear thrown at him, just like in the vision earlier. However, he can't dwell on it because Tobias warns the Animorphs about a group of Hork-Bajur coming their way. Jake tells X to take out a part of the bugfighter that will make it unable to fly so, the, so that the Hork-Bajur can't steal it. While X is doing this, the rest of them run away. Tobias sees X being chased by the Hork-Bajur and, and yells at Jake about it. Jake and Rachel morph into a tiger and a bear and go back to save Axe. They attack the Hork-Bajur but get separated in the process. Jake finds Rachel passed out on the ground all bloody and covered in flesh-eating ants. He uses some of Rachel's fur to lure some ants from another colony over and instigate a war with those attacking Rachel. This buys them enough time for Rachel to demorph and go jump in a stream to get the ants off, but she has to get it out again real quick because there are piranha in the water! Axe shows up morphed as a monkey. He has the computer chip that the Yurks need to fly the bugfighter. Everyone else decides to morph monkeys as well, and Axe admits that the monkey he morphed was an attractive female. Marco starts complaining, and Jake finishes his sentence. Jake finally tells the rest of them about the flashes. X realizes that this may be a symptom of there being two Jakes on the planet at the same time. Therefore, they must have gone back to the day before. X says that the two Jakes, two Marcos, two Cassies, etc. will annihilate each other once they get back to the moment of the story rip. So they have until 8.54pm to get rid of the time anomaly. They figure Vista 3 probably knows how to get home, so they decide to stow away in the blade ship. They turn into monkeys again shot at by some controllers and manage to escape. Axe wonders if they have to recreate the moment of the Saria rip in order to get things back to normal. This would entail putting the computer chip back into the bug fighter so that they could fly it up and make the Dracon beams hit each other again. While they're taking a break, they have run in with some natives who recognize that the Horkbajur are monsters and decide to help the Animorphs, whom they believe are shape-shifting animal spirits. They take a nap. When Jake wakes up, a jaguar is sniffing him and he decides to acquire it. Everyone acquires it and it goes away. They morph into jaguars and go to the blade ship. Mr. 3 has had the bug fighter move to where the blade ship is, which makes Jake uneasy. Jake is now having flashes back to earlier in the day. X speculates that the reason Jake is the only one having flashes is because Jake somehow erased the timeline they're in, and now everyone besides him is only a memory. Mr. 3 morphs into a huge creature made up of a bunch of vines called a Lurdathak and catches everyone except Jake. He also gets the computer chip thing. The, na the natives start attacking, and Jake turns into a monkey and gets a spear from one of them to stab Mr. 3. However, he gets caught around the neck in the process. Jake wakes up back at home in the moment where they're about to go to the grocery store. No one else remembers about going to the jungle. He decides not to go forward to the mission. Later on, he tells Axe about what happened, and Axe reasons that the Saria rip may have been mended when Jake died in the other timeline, clearing up the anomaly of them being in two places at once. The end. That was a good summary. Uh, so is this the only book that has the time because it's time travel based, or um? You no, know, Be Natural said there's ones where they go back in time and become dinosaurs. Well, no, no, but this one has a time post at the top of every page or a chapter. Oh yeah, that's the only one. That's done. I I wrote down the times at the beginning of all my notes in case they were important. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, "Ooh, this is exciting! It's like something different." Because, like the the last Jake book was like, I don't know, it seemed very different than the other ones, and I was like, "Ooh, this is like this is." It starts the the very first words is like the time, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's interesting." It's like a um, yeah, it's like a spy movie. Whole new format. I I kind of assume that's like. Uh, the rest of the books from now on, we're going to do that. Like, okay, so now every book starts with the time and hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. Uh, was every chapter, isn't it? No, I didn't assume that. I assumed that there was going to be something weird going on. I, I know what I noticed was that uh, the book starts at one twenty-two p.m. And then once they, uh, as soon as they realize that they're back in time, the chapter says that it's one twenty-two p.m. again. Yeah. 
So I don't, that doesn't really actually contribute anything, but oh well, but it was just kind of neat, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's important if you want to be like figuring out what's happening before they do. This definitely was like, helped me figure, like this definitely, I saw how the day went by and everything. I thought that was quite, I thought it was pretty cool to just like see how long everything took. Like towards the end of this book, he was like saying he'd gone like 24 hours without sleep because he time traveled back in time to earlier in the day. So this, the time, the listing the times definitely helped illustrate that. It was always the freaking afternoon. It never got to be the morning or late at night. Yeah. But overall, I think, I mean, I think I'm going to have to put this book below the Android. I like the writing in this book better than the Android. Just the fact that it ended and it was like, yeah, none of that mattered. I'm just. So you, you guys thought this was one of the best books? Because I wasn't like super thrilled by it at all. I loved everything in this book except the ending. Wait, so you guys didn't think it was metal how the book literally ends with Jake having his neck snapped and then nothing mattering? That's like cool. Oh, no, no, it's Jake having his neck snapped was pretty metal. Nothing mattering was not metal. Jake screws up, but he doesn't like have any uh, uh, consequences for his actions. No, but like the whole series, everyone, including myself, has been, has been whining about, oh, Visitor 3 is just every time they escape Visitor 3 and there's never a chance of failure. In this one, they fail. All of them get killed and no, eaten by Visitor 3. Because, cool. then, because then the time magically fixes itself and then they all get out. It's not magic, it's science. <laughs> no, it literally was not explained. I was so confused at the ending. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, because there's two Jakes, if one of them dies, they snap back into one person and the dead one's there's fine. There's two and Marcos and two Cassies and two Tobiases and two Rachels and two Yeah, Addies. but they're fake. How are they fake? How, why are they less real than Jake? Because I actually explained that. I don't know why. It's, he he it didn't just, explain it. It was just a he theory. He said that they were all memories in Jake's head. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Is Jake so does that mean Jake is like running around in the forest talking to nobody and then getting his neck snapped by nobody? Is that what happened? No, it's not in reality. Uh I feel like this book would have ended like so much sooner if like Axe had paid attention in class, because then he would have been like, Yo, Jake, you just need to kill yourself and then you just fix the problem. Well no, but he said that he said that he knew there was a possibility but didn't want to say it. By the way, part of the reason I, I may be not thrilled with this book is because I was listening to the audiobook i was doing it pretty fast and i only have i only have like seven notes um are you sure you even really heard it yeah i, I know everything that happened and every time mustard listened to an audiobook batter's like are audiobooks do dumb i'm sure you don't hey i edit the podcast i don't have time to also sit look, down look if you need if we need more time in between the recording podcasts we can it can happen no i don't my first note is just something silly I thought of. Uh, like in chapter two, I think it is, one or two, two. It's chapter two. It's definitely chapter two. Act says that he's he's explaining the plot. And he says, oh, we were wandering through this abandoned uh, construction site. And we were worried about Act's murderers. But uh, now we, we have other stuff to worry about. And I said, well, technically, Mr. Thea wants to murder Act. So they're kind of Act murderers in a way. That was it. That's a good good note. My first note was I'm expecting because of the pattern that we have from like every single first scene. I was expecting Jake to morph into some animal to help him dance better or something. What kind of good first scene? It was just yeah. The first scene is just I that Applegate was hating on square dancing for no reason. 
No, it's just Jake doing that. The other characters like it. Just just because the narrator character doesn't like no, it. Doesn't yeah, all the characters don't like it. No, all the other characters are like making fun of it and saying, "Oh wow, Jake! I can't believe such a manly Jake man would." No, they're just making fun of Jake for being embarrassed about it. I don't think Rachel actually thinks square dancing is feminine or whatever. I think she just making fun of Jake's embarrassment. The way this book introduces the square dancing thing was like it was. I thought it was kind of odd. We may be the only hope that Earth has. We have a lot on our shoulders, which is why I really, really, really did not want to have to, did, did not see why I had to have more suffering piled on. Wasn't I under enough stress? Life wasn't bad enough. We had to have square dancing, square dancing, the horror. And then the rest of the chapter is about square dancing after Jake was saying things like, think of the one person in the whole world that you trust the most. Think of that one special person and now realize, believe, accept the fact that they might not be the person you think they are. Deal with the reality behind those friendly, loving eyes lives a gray slug. And then in the next paragraph, he's like, guys, square dancing! And then they're square dancing. Doesn't he say, like, square, uh, square dancing is worse than anything I have to go through? Yeah, he does. He says, Look, I read... I, I, okay, so you might say that Applegate could possibly appreciate square dancing, but that still doesn't make me enjoy reading about somebody who just hates it for no reason. Are you, like, a pro-square dancing guy? Yes, I'm a pro-square dancing person. I'm pro-square dancing. Square dancing's great. Square dancing is the most fun in dancing I've ever had. I don't yeah. think I've ever square danced. I also, I just naturally think of it as, like, a lame, dorky thing. Jake also calls the square dance music uh, streaming cat fiddle music. <laughs> and he says that he looks like a big honk. <laughs> and he put it in all caps. A big honking goober. <laughs> he says that he looks like a big honking goober. I noticed this book has a lot of like all caps stuff, like more than just like the onomatopoeia. See, that's what I'm missing in the audiobook. I don't get to see which words are in all caps. Flash. They don't. They don't shout. They don't. They don't shout the words that are in all caps. He he didn't go like I promenaded, which consisted of walking like a big honking goober. No, he didn't. Do that. Promenade. It's true. He just did it's the only way to read it properly. <laughs> Oh geez, that got really loud. Jake is like more aggressive during this square dancing sequence than he's ever been with any Yurk ever. Yes. Yeah. I think this is part of his dry sense of humor that was mentioned in like last. No, he seemed legit. He seemed legitimate. He was legitimately embarrassed. No, this seemed like the most legitimate anger we've ever seen from him in, in the entire series. See, see, it's, it's he's so angry that it's just leaking into every interaction he has and like every like thought. He's like, yeah, screw square dancing. I'm so freaking angry right now. And Rachel's like, smile, and then just, and then Jake is like, I'm gonna punch Rachel now. I know. I was, I was considering swinging her out into the nearest wall. <laughs> yeah. Promenade this, I muttered darkly. And Jake morphs the tiger in the middle of class and eats Rachel, and then all the other animals are like, Jake, that was very irresponsible to morph a tiger in the middle of class and also eat Rachel. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really glad this first scene didn't have stupid morphing in it. it. Just, I think this is literally the first book where the first scene didn't have just morphing for no reason. I will say it's not necessarily the best first scene because of that. I'm just, I'm glad we're out of, hopefully we're out of this pattern of every single first scene. They feel like they have I, to. I don't think, I don't, I don't know. I don't have that much hope for that. Yo, so the, the the quote that I read earlier, think of the one person in the whole world that you trust the most and now realize, believe, accept the fact that they might not be the person you think they are. Deal with the reality that behind those friendly, loving eyes lives a gray slug. This is like freaking designed to screw up young kids. Like this this is exactly the kind of thing that would like mess with me and make me so so afraid of like everything after reading these books. Good writing. Yeah, come to think of it, yeah. 
I don't know if I'd say it's good writing. It's just like intent. It's almost like it's either Applegate really doesn't know her target audience or it's intentionally written. No, I believe Applegate really doesn't know her target audience. She wants to traumatize kids. That's that's what makes her so genius is because she's like writing all of these adult themes and stuff into her books. And she puts like a she slaps like a monkey on the cover and then everyone's like, wow, it's a kid book. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, is she like a freaking crim- mastermind? I mean, you could you could read into this as like, oh, maybe maybe it's like a metaphor for abuse. Yeah, people aren't always what they seem. I really want to read some of her like newer books after we do Animorphs to see like how they compare. I, I presumably find one that is targeted towards kids. You know, I don't even. I don't. I have no idea what she's doing now. We're still writing stuff. She has a lot of books. Okay. All right. So. So then they, so then, so then Tobias, they, they go to the store. To, they, they have the, they have their obligatory meeting. And I, I don't have anything to say about that. Personally, I figure Tobias found some really good roadkill and he wants us to share. It's just a line that Marco said that I really like. That's, that's sweet. Uh, I think if Tobias found some, they could morph vultures and enjoy some roadkill every now and then. Like they don't even, that doesn't even have to necessarily be like a funny thing. They could do that. Yeah, they could. You know, if I had the ability to morph a vulture, and if every time I saw rolled, rolled kill, they should call it rolled kill because it got rolled over by a car. Anyway, if I if I had the ability to morph a vulture and I saw a roadkill, I'd probably turn into a vulture and then eat it so that I don't have to fix dinner that night. Well, that that just brings up the question of how hunger works for the animorphs again. I mean, I think you could reasonably maybe assume that I don't know, assuming that it works that way. Or if I'm just feeling like, you know, I feel like I just want to eat something. Even if it doesn't translate to my human body, I can still... I, I'm just having a visit three moment. I just really want to eat something. I'm not even hungry. I just really want to eat. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I get that. People, everyone gets that. Well, in book one, Jake, like, ate a spider, and he thought it was really disgusting. Even though his, like, animal instinct would say, no, that's good. I think they would still be grossed out by any food that they wouldn't usually eat. Except Tobias, because he's a hawk permanently. Well, I think the difference is that, like, if they're a vulture, they 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 would want to eat the roadkill. Like, this is their plan to eat the roadkill. Well, so are the lizard. No, no. The, what I'm saying is, this is a human's plan to eat the roadkill. But the, it, it was not it was not Jake's plan to eat the spider. It was the lizard's plan to eat the spider. That makes sense. Because and that was like before he like took control of the animal instincts, which they always do when they first morph. So I guess if you would do it after you like are able to control it, it probably wouldn't be that bad. If you like, have you guys yeah. seen? Have you guys seen the Revenant? Nope. No, my dad did. Okay, it's this movie that, or there's this guy and he's running around and then he eats like a dead, he has to, he, he eats like a dead bison at one point. And uh, that scene actually turned my sister vegan. But I remember thinking, man, that looks, that looks amazing. He's just eating like raw bison that's been sitting out for who knows how long, but like, it's just like chunks of bison. It looks great. I would eat that. I have a note from the, the meeting scene. Tobias more than a friend. <laughs> I had mixed feelings. Just out of context, Jake's thoughts on Tobias. He's risked his life for me many times. <laughs> now listen, I, I'm not gay. I'm not gay, okay? I'm I'm just attracted to a bird. See, it's it's not gay if it's a bird. Fellas, is it gay to want to fuck a bird who saved my life many times and is more than a friend to me? Are you saying he turned into a bird first? I, I not necessarily. I don't know do many creative things dude i'd love to morph and like do fun things okay you don't need to say you don't need to say like okay never mind what's what scene are we on 
Welcome to the Hawks Sex Podcast. We talk about sex with Hawks. Uh, today, we read this book, There are Hawks in it. Dude, we should just use Hawks Sex for all our transitions. Just have someone say the word Hawks Sex, and then we move to the next one. Yo, who was asking me the question, like, if, if every, like, if every, would you want to live in a world where, like, if every time you got horny, you turned into a bird? I remember that. Wasn't that, like, a year ago? Yeah. Well, we didn't know each other a year ago, but yes. And I remember I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. Because then, like, when you two, you, you and your partner are getting ready to go, you both turn into birds. And then maybe one of you could be a penguin and the other um, one an ostrich. What if you got horny, like, in class? Exactly. Everyone would know. You just fly away. It's like, ah, uh, I mean, but listen, listen, if it was that obvious whenever anybody... When you're got- in class, you gotta learn. You'd... Oh, that's true. Well, and you'd be that kid who turned into a bird in class. Guys, but- birds can't go to school. Animorphs has established this. If it, it's a, you could wear a human suit. Every, maybe in this world, it's normal for everyone to be wearing a human suit, so that if you turn into a bird, you can't tell because you're still wearing a human suit. What? Ugh. What? <laughs> you swear. Guys, we talk about this book. We have we haven't talked about the book at all. Okay, okay, page seven. Page seven. I have a note. Page seven. Page seven. Marco goes to his house. He says, "Dad, Dad, you home? Anyone home? Dad, I'm going to change all the settings on your stereo." And then Marco winks at him. And that made me think of my dad, because he's always like, oh, yes, this is this is my fancy stereo I bought 15 years ago. I have all the dials set to the perfect the, the perfect setting. Yes, all, uh, I think it has like 18 dials that you can like turn to different settings. And he says, yes, I have had the stereo for 15 years, and these are the dials that make it sound the best. So I don't want you to touch, they're fun to touch. Please don't touch my dials. They are at the, the best possible setting. And uh, this little scene with Marco made me think of that, and it, it was nice. Yeah, I thought that line was really cute. Mo- Marco said that because he didn't, he, he wanted to make sure his dad was home, and he was like, oh yeah, if yeah. Dad that, he'll come rushing over to me and tell me Yes, that. Marco winked at me. If he's home, that'll make him come running. I wonder what I would say to get one of, one of my parents to come running. I'm trying to think. I guess if it were my dad, I'd be like, I'm going to say the N-word. <laughs> No, if you say that, he would like run out. Of, he would like run out of there, so because he, he just want to hear it. <laughs> He'd run away. He'd jump yeah. out the window. <laughs> no. <laughs> what else did I just say? Oh, also, this book has a. Okay, one that I noticed is the characters in this book wink a lot. Like at first, when like when Rachel like winked because uh, Axe was cute, I thought, okay, that's like a weird, like suggestive wink. But people are just winking left. Do people wink this much of your life? People wink twice in this book. That doesn't seem like too many for me. I, I I don't. I've maybe seen like four people wink in my whole life. What? When do people wink? People don't only wink as like a joke. People don't wink at me. Maybe sometimes the teachers wink yeah, at it, me. Yeah, but that doesn't happen. It happens often. Often, not twice per day. I think I think it's just Abigail's writing style, dude. I think she just I think she just likes it. So, so, so she thinks that people wink twice a day. But she then said people see fewer than no, four she's trying to make she's lifetime. trying to exaggerate their expressions and like the things they say because it's a book and she gotta make it entertaining. I think she's using the exact same sentence again. I would have smiled if I'd had a mouth. Yeah, wait, well didn't he actually not have a mouth then? It was referring to flies. I don't think flies have mouths. Flies have okay, like, they have mouths. mouths. They're just like in the shape of a proboscis. That's much more forgivable than saying it when you're a freaking bird. I just yeah. think it was the exact same sentence, which I thought was interesting. Makes sense. It's a pretty simple sentence. And you're it's gonna good. write sixty-four books. You're gonna gotta you gotta recycle some sentences here and there. 
the last Animorphs book is made completely of sentences that were in previous books, but it may, it's a whole new story. You could probably oh, do that. Oh, that's cool. It actually seems like a cool idea, just like taking... It seems like a great idea. Like, taking out sentences to make a new story. Except, uh, like, how would, how would plot rise anything happen that didn't already happen? I think you could... You could. Do something. You could make a whole plot just about Visit 3 eating different things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Visitor three at a restaurant. She's having a five-course meal. <laughs> you have to hope that they use a lot of pronouns, like without saying the words, so then you could like take it out of context. Visitor yeah. three. If Visitor three like caught all the animorphs, he's definitely going to have like a freaking six-course meal, and he's gonna make the controllers all serve him up with like in a restaurant, and he's gonna wear a tuxedo. And he's gonna wear a big white bib. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna have the morph. Some of the morph lobsters. Some of the morph birds. Oh, yeah, he can like have them morph and do whatever he wants. It's like, oh, morph in this, I'll torture you. It's okay. <laughs> we should write this. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we should write this. Yo, we're so, so distracted this episode. Why do we keep not talking about the actual book? Because I don't have any notes. I, I think usually I'm the one who like, hey, let's talk about this scene, and I just I have like no notes. So I can't do. That. Oh, I, I have a question okay. that's relevant to the book. What? So do you guys think Jake actually has some of his old baby diapers lying around in his bedroom? I was wondering that. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that scene quick. Just <laughs> So they they morph into, what is it, flies? I don't know. Yeah. Birds? Yeah, they morph, they morph into birds in Marco's bedroom. And Jake, his, his floor is like messy. And Jake says, oh man, you could have at least not left your dirty gym socks lying around. And Marco says, hey, I've seen your room. You still have your old baby diapers lying around. I just have a que- I just have that highlighted, and I have a question mark next to it. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> such a weird joke for Marco to make. Marco makes a couple of weird jokes, because like um, later on in the book, he's like, oh, finally, we got Axe to turn into a monkey or something like that. And I'm like, oh, what? He's like, we, got, uh, we, we made got a monkey out of Axe. We finally made a monkey out of Axe. And I'm like, what the heck does that mean? No, that's a, that's a phrase. Make, make a monkey Our out space of cadet is a hot-looking monkey. Wait, hold up. That's a phrase? Yeah, like, I'll, I'm going to make a monkey out of you. That's like a phrase. What does yeah. it mean? Like, to embarrass you? I, I thought that was just something he randomly came up I've with. I've never I heard of it. Isn't it like a song? I don't know. I've definitely heard uh, it. I'll make a man out of you. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Okay, Google. I googled to make a monkey out of. It says it means uh, to do something that makes someone seem stupid or ridiculous. So I guess that's what he meant. Okay, another weird aspect of that joke is that he said they finally did. Like, is yeah. is this been like a running thing where everybody's trying to make X embarrass himself? Because I did not pick up on that. X never, X never acts silly at all. X never leaves his poopy diapers lying around. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, real talk. Do you think X has eaten poop? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hang on, didn't didn't doesn't it say somewhere in the book like oh you leave, put some they're like flies and there's like a bunch of like there's a big pile of garbage and like oh if you add some dog poop to that this will be a three course meal don't they say yeah something like yeah Marco says that so Marco definitely wants to eat some poop I don't know about well I mean okay okay becoming a fly not eating poop is like going to like the Grand Canyon and not like looking at it. <laughs> 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 the episode what a thing to say! <laughs> uh, so then Jake comes up with 
possible. So then Jake is. So then Jake decides on a. They all decide on a whim. Once they're in the store to like just hijack this. There's a bug fighter crash in the store, so they all just decide on a whim to hijack it and fly it to the White House. It sounded silly, but that's exactly why I liked it. Just because it was like, why are they doing this? I don't know, but I want to find out what's going to happen next. Jake literally said it as a joke. He's like, oh, what do we? They're like, well, what do we do with it? And Jake's like, oh, we could drive it to the White House and park it on the White House lawn. And he said it as a joke. And then everyone's like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. I seem to remember that the last time we rushed into something, we managed to screw up the plan, Cassie said. On the other hand, we did survive. <laughs> I read that and thought, be more specific, please. You do that in every book. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't they be immediately shot if you park a craft on a White House lawn? Uh, I think if it was a spaceship, maybe he'd like, oh, this is aliens. We got a bird with him, you know, like in Sonic. Well, that would shoot at him, but I feel like a bug fighter could repel bullets pretty easily. Yeah. So, uh, Jake decides the only way that, for, uh, I'm not sure what the sequence of events is. I guess they, as flies, fly into the bug fighter, but then they decide that they need to have everybody in the bug fighter leave, and they can't, I don't know why they can't just all turn into battle morphs and just shoo everyone out of there real quick. Jake just decides to have Tobias fly into the grocery store and just fly around in this, you know, like probably 10 foot tall area with every controller, including seven foot tall Hork-Bajir. Wait, are there Hork-Bajir in there? Yeah. Either way, they have guns and they're shooting at Tobias, who's a bird flying around in a, in a, in a grocery store with dozens of controllers in there. Every single one of them focused on him. And he just is like, yeah, that's a that's a normal thing that you should be doing. And that's productive. and That's cost effective. And you're totally not going to die. And of course he doesn't because his book is stupid. But this that was that just seemed like the worst idea. Yeah. Um, OK, I have two things to say about that. One is um, they could have turned into their battle morphs, but they're all like half fly and half human at this point, and Axe was like already trying to get the ship off the ground. So I feel like it would have been like exhausting, or like it would have taken too long. And I'm not saying it's not dumb, but my other thing is that I think Applegate just really wanted Tobias to be in this one because to me it also seemed dumb that Tobias couldn't just fly out through the roof again. Like how big was the roof opening that he came in? Well, there were control. I mean, that made sense. I was just like, oh, duh. He he came in. There was just a hole in the roof, and he came in, and now all the controllers are just standing there, like waiting for him to come back out, and they're gonna grab him. Well, so basically, that's even worse planning on the on the Animorphs part. I'll let that go because I just I really I was really glad that Tobias got to be in this one. Because even Tobias in this book was complaining, like, "What guys, guys, I want to go with you too. Like, you guys always leave me out." And they're like, "Oh, Tobias, you can't come with us because you can't see at night." I'm like. There's lights on in the store. There's lights on, of cars on the street. Like he's not completely blind. All I care about is that Tobias has got to like look out, look out cover, and like be like, "Oh, guys, here's some, here's some enemies coming." That's that's all they think Tobias is worth in this book. Well, in in every book, Tobias like yells at Jake a lot in this book. He does, and I'm like, "Go, Tobias." To be fair, Tobias is really, really good at scouting for them. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he's incredible with that. But, they, but it's like every time something happens at night, they're like, oh, Tobias is out because Tobias can't have amazing Hawksight at night, even though he can see probably as well as a human. Yeah, it's a little lame. Yeah. Well, anyway, Tobias yells a lot at Jake, yells at Jake a lot in this book, and I thought it was interesting to have him like super angry at Jake for sending Axe back for the computer. And that really put a lot more pressure on Jake for his whole like, oh no, I'm a bad leader kind of dilemma here that he was having. Yeah. Uh, that grocery store part is like the second time in the series where Tobias is like 
just one hawk and he's getting shot at by 10 people and survives. This was a lot less realistic uh, than the uh, part where he's on the ship. I thought it was more realistic because he at least gets hit this time. But there are people above him, there are people below him, and they weren't like afraid of hitting their ship too. So like, There are people above him? But yeah, they're shooting through the hole in the roof that he came in. Oh that's yeah, that's right. Yeah. Man, and this is like, okay, this is like the only time in the book, I think, where Jake doesn't say, oh man, it was a bad plan. This one, Jake just says, yeah, that's 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 a good plan. But any other time, anything remotely bad happens, he says, man, I'm a bad leader. But this one was fine, I guess. Yeah, that was weird. Well, no, at the end of the book, he was like, oh yeah, I was dumb. I almost got Tobias killed and everything. I assumed he was referring to that plan. Tobias almost dies a lot in this book. I think he gets shot later when the Horkajir are, are like freaking out and shooting everything in sight. Was that specifically because of a plan that Jake had? No. No. Um, it's specifically because because Jake Jake's first plan of going into the supermarket set in a chain of events that uh set in motion a chain of events that led to them being in the rainforest. So I mean I don't know. I noticed that uh, in this book, uh, he says that Axe has uh, a few too many fingers. Didn't Axe say that he has six fingers on each hand? Yeah, that's only one too many. Yeah. He has. That's two too many. How come none of the Animorphs are willing to count how many fingers Axe has? Only Axe has so far. It's already been established that Axe has six fingers. Why can't other people pick up on that yet? Yeah. It's like how nobody wants to, ca- to count all of Rachel's freakish teeth. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's 10,000. They count. That's well, true. They, they, guys, you'll count Rachel's freakish teeth, but you won't count his freaking axe's six fingers. Maybe Cassie just got tired out from all accounting. Yeah. 10,000 is a big number. 10,006 is too much. <laughs> okay, so then they so then they get the blade ship and everyone's I mean every they get the bug fighter and everyone's in. And then X flies out to the at- for some reason he flies it out of the atmosphere and then the blade ship's right there and then it starts shooting at them so then they fire back and then the dracon beams cross which of course creates a time portal which sends them back in time and also crashes them to the earth and now they're in the rainforest and X says this Asario rip has occurred which means that it's some point in time not but maybe not back in time but at some point in time it's either back or forward. Yeah, they could have been back or forward. They eventually figure out that they've that they've gone back in time one day, so they're it's the same day as the previous events took place, just earlier in the day. Hang on, does Visitor start shooting at them before they shoot? I thought what happened is X was like, "Oh yeah, we can probably get a shot on him," but if we're lucky, and then I think they shoot at the exact same time, and it's not that they cross; it's that the two beams go directly into each other. Yeah. So does this book mean to say that? All the time they're going to shoot by ten different dragon beams. They never like hit each other. Well, no, I think it's because they're like directly in the, the complete opposite directions, going straight into. Also, this is an experimental bug fighter, which has um, stronger dragon beams than most other ones. I think. I don't think the regular handheld ones would do this. Uh yeah, but they, there's a lot of times when the sh- when the ships are shooting each other. Can I say something from a while ago? Yeah, go ahead. I like how they named the extras in this book. Uh, Jake's dad's friends are named Pete and Dominic. I thought those were good names. That's it. Carry on. Um, does anybody did anybody else was anybody else really annoyed that Jake was like, yeah, let's shoot the, let's shoot the blade ship. Uh yeah, why not? Just get the hell out of there. 
Yeah, just get the heck out of there. Well, he said that he was, the whole time, this whole book, Jake was very unsure about all his decisions. He was like, uh, I don't really know if shooting the blade ship's a good idea, but I have to sound confident, so I have to say, yeah, yeah, let's just do it. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Well, to be fair, I don't think they could outrun the blade ship. I think if they ran away, they could shot from behind. That's true. Um, that, that's what I thought. Okay. So, but they're thinking they're going to take down the whole blade ship by shooting it once? Yeah, it's not a very good plan, but maybe... It just didn't seem necessary to me. Like it just didn't seem like it would do that much damage to the blade ship. Well, they had to fight to run, and running wasn't an option. So this whole entire book is just Jake going ship, 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 ship. Oh, ship! There's the blade ship. Ah, ship! We can't. Ah, it's gonna fire at us. Shoot, shoot at it, I guess. Ah, ship! We're in the end. Then none of his bad decisions matter in the end. Ah, ship! Ants are eating me. Yeah, I know. I thought this the way that this book ended by not mattering. Kind of seemed like this book was like just existed to be some kind of like trial run for Jake to practice his leadership in a way that didn't actually end up hurting anybody. Yeah, that's what I said at the beginning. It's just Jake. Jake gets a bunch of freebies. Yeah. Yeah, but he fails. Yeah. So this is the only book where he just screws up one after the other, and then no t- no consequences. I mean, it would be pretty messed up if like Jake Jake just led to everyone dying in the same book. But like, you know, it's still it's still not that very satisfying. It's, it's it's like it's like those plots in TV shows when 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 it all turns out to be a dream and it's and you're like what what was the point of that then exactly this book was good but it was all a dream basically but this this is a fiction book none of it matters wow I didn't realize that I guess we should stop reading animorphs well so like saying that it doesn't matter is like pointless because all these none of these books are like real life at the end it's just gonna say yeah the lift up after by the way I made this plot up plot wise plot wise. It would be cool if if this stuff happened because that would mean they were moving forward. They didn't move forward in the plot at all. When I re- when I when I invested in a series, I don't like to read installments of that series that are just like, but oops, I was just practicing my writing skills. Don't worry about it. Just that's I'm just I'm that's just this is this doesn't matter. The rest yeah, of the series. I find it insulting that you just think of this as like that you're just not just not invested in it at all. That you just don't even care that like the plot I am invested is in moving it. forward. No, alternate reality timelines are some of my favorite things in 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 any oh, just like by fiction. Being, it was a, it was all a dream. For the record, it wasn't actually a dream. It was, there was some weird time travel stuff. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, and Jake still has like it actually happened to Jake. Like he but knows it didn't happen to anybody else. I thought this whole book was just going to be a, a setup so that they could get some cool rainforest morphs. And then they, and they could turn into a jaguar in the in the U.S. and then shock and awe people. Okay, so tell me, what, what plot progression happened in the previous two books? Well, I can tell no more happened in the past two books than happened in this one, even though nothing happened in this one. Hey, in the last two books, we met Eric, and we learned about alien lore, and then in the book, bef- what was the book before that? Um, that book was stupid. <laughs> don't worry about that book. Hey, don't, we're, not, we're not saying the secret is any better. Okay. okay. Well, I mean, this book would have had some alien lore, like uh, Jake says. that. out of the way first. Uh, um... This book would have been great, but then, you know... I still like this book, but the ending definitely brought it down a lot for me. No, the ending tied it together. Uh, and I th- I th- this book was just an excuse for Applegate to write a story in the rainforest, and then she wasn't like, well, wait, I've just killed all my characters. And Jake's like, yeah, what, you just killed all my characters? And then Applegate's like, oh, don't worry, Jake, I got you. And then she just wrote, like, and then I died, and then I was back in the grocery store. So you thought I think the I would understand your point of everything tying it together like, a lot better. Stop, 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 stop. All right, one of you go. Okay, you go. 
I think I would understand your point of everything being tied together a lot better if if the strings were all tied together a bit better at the end. Like at the end, I it, it, I didn't clearly explain what exactly had happened. So like even though we did get some good good lore about the um, Saria rip, it's like how does that work? And could they use that uh, in the future books? It doesn't sound like it. I. Do you know why I like time travel? It's because it makes you think, and it makes you, like, you, you see a time travel story, and it's like, oh, I like it when there's a time loop, and it's like, yeah, the past affected the future, and the future affected the past. I can't really think of any good examples right now for some reason, but I like time travel when it's like, oh, okay, this is a pretty, this is gonna sound lame, but I thought it was real, I thought, when I was 12, which is also when I was reading Animorphs, I thought it was just the coolest thing in the entire world. So in Gravity Falls, um, there's this, there's this, uh, there's this episode where they meet a time traveler and then they have an adventure with the time travel device and they end up running through the sets of previous episodes while the events of previous episodes are taking place. Then, then the whole plot wraps up and then at the end you can, and then, and then if you actually were to, if you actually go back into the previous episodes, you can see the time travel guy cleaning up the stuff that they dropped in the, in that time travel episode. So, uh, that's not really a perfect example of what I was thinking of, but I like it when it's, like, time... I, I, I don't know. I like time travel as an idea because... I, 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 do, I do like that episode because, um, um, in the episode, one of the things that happened is that, uh, Dipper is trying to, uh, I think he's trying to, like, impress, impress Wendy by, like, throwing an apple at he's a... He's trying to throw, he's trying to win a, like, a, he's trying to win, like, a ball toss game at a carnival. Yeah, but like um, he keeps going back in time. But every t- every time he he tries to do something different, it always has the same result anyway. Yeah. So that's a that's a cool time time loop thing. Anyway, this wasn't cool. This I was- don't know. Okay, okay. The thing is, you 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 like trying to compare this to like other time travel stuff, but this this isn't this isn't like a a time traveling book. It's just like a, a time breaking book, and then the end isn't like the satisfying ending. It's just like. Ooh, well, that happened. Wow, it's like a, it's like a uh, Twilight Zone ending. I don't like that. That's my favorite Twilight ending. Zone endings kind of suck, though. No, Twilight Zone's awesome. <laughs> I love Twilight Zone endings. I don't okay, look, all right. oh, Twilight Zone. Okay, that was kind of mean of me to say. Um, but uh, Twilight Zone is not a continuous narrative. No, it's not. But like the, so the endings always have like this kind of mystical feeling, and this this book had that, and I like that about it. No, but it ruins the continuous narrative of Animorphs because it doesn't add the to the continuous narrative no, the, at all. The previous two books had no continuous narrative. You could have switched up the order, besides book one and like the alien. Uh, you could have like mixed up the order of any of the ones. So I don't care about the continuous narrative here. It would have been cooler though if 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 the events of this book had any bearing on what happened. No, but it wouldn't have I'm not the mystical say that feeling that Twilight Zone Other had. things did do that. For me, the time travel, the time travel element of this book didn't seem like Caplegate wanted to write a time travel book. It seemed like she wanted to write a book that took place in the Amazon rainforest, and she didn't. And she wanted our characters to get there and also get back in the span of one book. And she wanted some kind of tension and time limit in there. So this is what she came up with. Like, that's well, okay. why it's there. Uh, absolutely, because she never really explained what happened at the end. So I like time travel stories when it's about time travel and the time travel is, like, important to the narrative. But this is just, like, ta- Caplegate wanted... This is just what I said earlier. Ka- just what I just said. Caplegate wanted to write a story in the rainforest and she wanted there to be a time limit. And so this is what she came up with. Yeah, so, so to me, the whole, like, okay, you want to write the rainforest part, that's lame. 
But then, like the ending, like shows like wow, this is actually like cool. Like the the stuff at the end happens, and it's here. Yeah. No, because what what happens? He dies, and then he just turns up back where he was before. It's it's like what, yeah, it's what even happened there? It's well, awesome. I disagree. I've Can been... I describe like exactly how Axe explains? It's like it's like the first episode of the Twilight Zone where like all the stuff happens and everyone's gone, and then he wakes up and it was all in his head. You're like whoa, and then you just live on. What do you life, mean whoa? That I would have hated that. Wait, I, I actually don't know what episode you're talking about right it, now. It, it's episode one. I probably saw it, but I don't remember. Hey, Mustard, can you? What were you gonna say? Yeah, so I want to explain like how like how it actually because it is described. It's just a really weird explanation. Axe says it, it's a he might have a theory as to why it works. So what happens is the the they go back in time because of this weird thing, and they're like one day in the past. And Axe says, yeah, right now there's there's two of each of us in the world. And and they have to try to get back to actual time using time travel, or else Axe thinks that they'll eat all for or all all each each version of the animals will just stop existing because it's possible for them to like exist in this exact same. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's dumb and confusing. But the, the reason that Jake comes back is because he suddenly gets killed at the very end of this book, and then Axe is like, "Oh yeah, so what happened?" Is because you existed in the same time. It was like both of you existed, but then when one of you ceases to exist, your your consciousness snaps back to the other one, and that because they exist at the same time. None of the other animorphs were even there for some reason. They were just a memory. I don't know why. I don't know what's special about Jake. It's probably just because he's the narrator. But whatever. Well, no, Jake's the only one who remembers all this stuff. It only happened to Jake. Yeah. My guess is that maybe because Jake fired the Dracon beam that caused it. Maybe Jake just happened to be closest to the to the. Oh, beam maybe Jake. The maybe it's because Jake fired the Dracon beam. Anyway. Uh, so something about this book is that the whole the whole book, Jake is questioning his decisions and going like, "I'm not a good leader. People just trust me, and they shouldn't because I make bad decisions." I'm yeah. yeah. Which I thought was stupid at first, but then like the ending explains why, and that was really cool. Like the ending tied everything together. So Jake, and then Axe says, uh, "So Jake says it was a disaster down there. Axe blew it. The only reason we're still alive is because I got lucky in the end." And then Axe says, "It's the leader's job to be lucky. Sometimes success is just luck." Yeah, I thought that was interesting. That it's like, yeah, Jake's Jake's decisions don't really matter because everything you never really know what the right answer is, and it's. Ultimately, just up to luck. Um, I think Jake's decisions have a lot of bearing on what happens. Yeah, they do. But in the end, just did not illustrate that. I thought it was an interesting thing that Apple gets literally saying, like, "Yeah, it's all just luck, whether or not it's they survive." Not though, because military generals aren't just people who have charisma and, like, you know, just are like, "Oh, I," you know. Yeah, but in the end, there's no way to guarantee success. No, ever. there's no way to guarantee, but you can make your chances better. Yeah, chance, luck, exactly. Hey, there's a, an important part of the series is that Jake isn't a military general. He's just a random dude. So and He doesn't want to be a leader. He's just like, yeah, I'm not a leader. People, Everyone calls him a leader. I don't know why. I don't think Axe would say that if Jake was a literal military general. He, but he's saying that because somebody needs to be the leader in the in, in their logic, and Jake is the and nobody's actually qualified. Uh, well, no, Axe says that, like, Elfengo is the one who told him that being a leader is just lucky. And then he says, Elfengo's luck ran out. Uh, Jake says that. And then he's like, yeah, we must hope that yours doesn't run out, Jake. I thought it was interesting that Elfengo, he is like a high, he's like an actual leader. And Elfengo himself says, yeah, it's a leader's job to be lucky. 
that's where success is. I thought that was odd and interesting. Well, I've heard the you know I've heard I've heard some phrases like that. Like um, if you if you prepare like if you, if you prepare a lot, you'll be lucky or something like that. It's not how it goes, but you know, like basically you will you're more likely to get lucky if you improve your chances. So yeah, I think that's what it means. Anyway. But this was like the last sentence of the book. So I think that like that message is like the message Capelgate was trying to give with this book because it was all related to Jake's decision. No, the message Capelgate was trying to give with this book was that the rainforest is a cruel, cruel place. Well, yeah, that's, that's the primary message. This is Can we talk about the parts of this book that I liked? Yeah, let's, let's get to the rainforest. We've, we, this is like half the episode. We haven't talked about Did the you rainforest. you like the rainforest? The rainforest was lame. Yeah, I didn't what? care about the rainforest. I didn't oh, care about okay. the I would not describe the rainforest as lame. What do you mean yeah, by What are you lame? talking about? I didn't you think, you think the ending to lame, I think the rainforest is lame. There. I didn't, said, I didn't think the, okay. the rainforest... Could you explain your reasoning behind that? It was bland. It was just like, oh, look, more bugs. Hey, stuff to fight. They just did the same thing over and over again every chapter. No, it's like... It's it like would have mattered if the ending was substantial. I don't care that it didn't matter. I care that it was boring to read. It wasn't, it wasn't boring. boring. I thought it was... They were freaking dying every two seconds. Yeah, it was boring. I can die every two seconds. It's not interesting. This was, the, this was the book that thrilled me the most because it was like boom, 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 one thing after the other. It's not like, oh, we did one thing. We almost got shot by some controllers. Let's have a boring meeting. Oh, we did another thing. Let's have another boring meeting. Oh, we did a third yeah. thing. Let's have another boring meeting. Yeah, it was it's just, just like, I can't action. make decisions. Everything is happening too fast. Rachel's dying. I got bit by a freaking freaking snake, and that wasn't even important enough to make it into the summary. Exactly. Everything's happening. Nothing important happens. Can you just shut up and let us talk about why we like the rainforest part without you guys cutting in and being like, I didn't like that part. No, I think it's good that you guys liked it, because I was like, what do they see in this book? But, yeah. So, uh... I thought it was great because it was like just one thing after another. It was just relentless. And I, um, yeah, it was like they're running away from Hork Bajir. Jake's a tiger. Uh, then he fights, he manages to fight off a Hork Bajir, but then like three Hork Bajir swarm on Rachel and cut her open and stuff. Then she's being eaten by, I really like how Jake says, I wanted to. So there's ants, just like her fur is just like swimming with ants, and they're in her eyes, and they're she's unconscious, this and they're the in part her. That's probably horrified me the most in the animorphs books so far. She's an ant. She's she's a passed out bear with cuts all over her, and the ants are just like in her, like in in they're just all over her. Her, her it said her fur was alive with ants. Uh, that's just very. Uh, that's I just I could be very easily picture this, and I like that. Yeah, and her, they're, like, crawling in her eyes and her ears. Yeah, and Jake said, I wanted to scream, I wanted to cry, I don't think I've ever felt so totally helpless. And then they get, and then, and then he, like, saves her by just getting the ants to fight with each other. I'm not sure if that would actually work, but whatever, it does work. And Yeah, I don't know, but I do like that it connects to the part where, the, where they were ants, and so, like, they learned from being ants that ants hate each other. Yeah. So, and then he uses that to save somebody. I think that was a cool tie-in. Yeah, that was But really it didn't cool. actually happen. Why does it matter if it actually happened? Like it was still in the book, we still read it. Yeah, I thought it, I I was interested. I, I I I had fun reading this book, but then at the end, I was just like, well, I, you know. Like, the only difference is that Rachel doesn't remember it. Like, wh why does that make a difference? All right, well, okay, I was like, this book was a waste of time travel, basically. Yeah, it wasn't very interesting time travel, but they went to the rainforest. That was cool. Yeah, I liked the rainforest. I thought you said the rainforest wasn't cool. No, but it was much more. It was this was definitely not like a time travel book. This was a rainforest book. Yeah. 
I, I just it was constant action, which I'm just I'm not a fan of action. I don't know why. Oh well, I guess I can't argue with you on that one. Yeah. So then, so then they morph. Do we, so then they morph jaguars, and the rainforest is really, really, really cool. Well, no wonder you didn't like this book because this book was like all action. Yeah, I, I have no argument to give about it. I just wasn't thrilled by it. I, I don't know why. I mean, I guess that's the reason. But yeah. Once they morph jaguars, the rainforest is suddenly really, really, really cool. Um, he says, every time I thought, well, I've seen it all, the rainforest would answer, kid, you haven't seen anything. Take a look at this bird. Take a look at that flower. Get a load of this creature. Little human boy, I have more to show you than you could see in ten lifetimes. Okay, Rachel said. I take it back. I don't want to pave over the rainforest. I don't care if it's dangerous and deadly or if it's trying to kill us. The rainforest is cool if you're a jaguar. Because earlier in the book, like Rachel was like, man, freaking people want to save this? It's deadly. There's horrible creatures in it. Burn it down. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the, 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 when you started reading that, I wanted to like, add a beat to it. You're like, look, it, had like a, it was like a rap beat. Good, nice. Uh, anyway. And every time I thought, well, I've seen it all. The rainforest nature. Kid, you haven't seen anything. Take a look at this bird. Take a look at that flower. Get a load of this creature, little human boy. I have more to show you than you could see in ten lifetimes. Okay, Rachel said. I take it back. I don't want to pave over the rainforest. I don't care if it is, it is dangerous and deadly and it's trying to kill us. Actual, I think you're a lot more offbeat when you're trying. <laughs> I, think I, I, I think I forgot. No, that was great. That was that was the Parappa the Rapper song. It was like the Save the Rainforest song. Uh, we need a Parappa the Rapper emoji now. Guys, join it. Join our Discord server. We have good emojis. Uh, so when when Jake first started doing the flashback to reality stuff, like where he was suddenly in the jungle, where did you think that was going? Uh, I thought it was going to be one of one of Caplegate's uh, stupid dream sequence things. But then I, then I was like, no, it was real. It wasn't just a vision. I was freaking there. And I was like, okay, you got you kind of have me interested. It reminded me of the uh, Halloween episode of, of Invader Zim. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I think maybe it was just going to be that, where like the flashback slowly got uh, longer until he was living in that one and had to get his way out. Yeah. Then once it flashed to like he was in the rainforest and Marco was there complaining, I was like, okay, that seems like it's probably the future. Oh, see, I didn't even pick up there was a future until he straight out said it. Oh. Uh, a quick note, because this is my last of seven notes. Um, Axe can tell actual time in his head. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't assume that's how it worked. I assume he could like he basically had like a stopwatch in his head where he knew exactly how long it's been since they started morphing. But I didn't know he could be they could go suddenly show up time travel in the rainforest and he'd be like, Oh, it is exactly one thirty seven PM. Like I didn't assume that's how his internal clock worked. Did you have an explanation? Um he he knows how the he can sense the rotation of the earth. Yeah. Because in a previous book, he says, what, you guys can't tell cardinal directions? So he's, like, super aware of where the planet is, is my guess. That makes sense. I mean, certain animals on Earth can do that. That's a good explanation. Yeah, I don't have a lot of notes for this book either. Uh, I like how Tobias is in this... I like how it's noted that once Tobias is in the rainforest, he looks very out of place. You know, most other books that talk... Every, every other time Tobias is mentioned, it's like, oh, he's in a pocket, his natural element. Look at him gliding through the air and in the forest and now he's in the rainforest and he's there like, wow, he just looks really out of place because he's just a freaking brown bird. And, and this one, doesn't it say he looks boring in comparison to all the green and red? Yeah. Yeah. I that. And um, 
I noticed, I noticed later on that Jake's like, oh, I feel bad for Tobias because he, he must be really tired. He hasn't, like, eaten at all today, and, like, birds need to eat a lot more than humans to keep up, like, flying and stuff. Yeah. Uh, also, I noticed they didn't really, in the early books, they would almost every, every book would have something about how, like, I feel so, they all feel so sorry for Tobias, or they don't know what to say, they feel awkward around him, they don't know what to say around him. And they're, like, scared of what happened to him but now they just seem really comfortable around him and they're like oh yeah this is just our friend tobias he's a bird what of it and i like that and so that, someone said earlier you could rearrange most of these books and i would say in the terms of that kind of stuff no because in the early books they're like man tobias is i'm i'm kind of freaked out by him not gonna lie but now they're like yeah he's just our friend bird man cool i like that too that's a, yeah. that's a detail that i didn't notice at first Man, I, I like Tobias more every time I see him in this series. Tobias is just like a, such a down-to-earth kind of, ironically, he's such a down-to-earth kind of guy. Yeah, because he's always up in the sky. Yeah. Yeah, it happens like three times in this book where Tobias is like, oh man, I should have been keeping watch, but I haven't. I've just been so tired. I've just been like, I should have been resting. I should have been. So, he was so angry. at He, he was just like, let's just, I, I like how it seems like he was up in the air at one point and he was saying, the guys, the yurts are coming for you. And then Jake, you know, the others can't see it because they're on the ground. And then Jake is like, uh, Axe, go get the computer from the bug fighter so that they can't fly the bug fighter. And then Tobias is like pissed at Jake for doing that because he's like, Axe is, you know, Axe is, Axe is in a real danger of getting killed now. Tobias called down, if Axe isn't out of there in under two minutes, he's not going to get out of there. I didn't answer. Like, I kind of, I kind of saw that as like a Tobias sees the, um, Tobias can see the Yerks. And he, maybe he's almost like, man, they, Jake just doesn't listen to me. They're after him, Tobias called down from above. Axe has six Hork-Bajir on his tail. You happy now, Jake? Axe man, look out behind you. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, in this book, at one point, Marco calls Axe Axe man, and that kind of upset me, because I thought that was Tobias' special nickname for Axe, that only he called him. I don't think I noticed. It seems like a much more Marco thing to come up with, is calling Axe Axe man. But, like, it was kind of established earlier that that's, like, the special part of Tobias. No. Ax, Tobias, Marco would call X like X murderer or something, or like he'd make a reference to friends or something. I think only Tobias has called X Axman so far, and it's been like five different times. And Marco, well, Marco's the one who came up with the name X in the first place. So I, I assume I'd assume that he just likes X and just keeps it at X. Yeah, I think he just stole Axman from Tobias. Marco's more of a nickname kind of guy than Tobias, though. Tobias' is a special nickname for X. You stay away from him. Yeah. Stay away from. Stay away from his Axman. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, that's all. That's all my notes for the whole book. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about this book either, except that I enjoyed the rainforest scenes and I didn't like the time travel aspect. Okay, so we we have a split. You know, I think I wrote. Hold on. There was a lot of just like rainforest, like them getting attacked by animals and fighting them off. Dude, like over a quarter of my notes are about the square dancing. <laughs> <laughs> that was completely skipped in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, I liked how it was skipped in the summary because it wasn't ultimately important to the plot. But like, this, that's what I—that's the thing that I had the most to say about. That was like a quarter of the episode too. Hey, we didn't talk about the scene where the Hork-Bajir are like shooting in the forest, and then Visser Three shows up and is like, "Don't do that." Oh, I like that one. Yeah, there's this part where Visser Three uh, is yelling at the other controllers because the the controllers are just shooting at everything that moves, and then Visser Three is like. Did it, did it occur to you idiots that I might be in Morph and you might accidentally shoot me? Well, he doesn't just say that. He is a snake and he jumps out of a tree onto a hood and says, hey, stop that. 
And he starts strangling him. Yeah, it's great. This is, I think that gives a lot of character to Visser 3. I think that's the only time we've seen Visser 3 like actually afraid of death. Like he doesn't want to get shot. But his reaction, of course, is anger, not true, not uh showing I, fear. I didn't immediately kill that guy. Like, did he kill he was him? Surprised too. No, he didn't. At least he didn't show him killing him. Probably he didn't kill him because he had a limited number of people with him, and he yeah. needed everybody he could get. Like that, that'd be silly if he just like killed all his people one by one. That's like... <laughs> Dude, that's just how the Animorphs win. Visor Three's like attack Hork Bajir, but then like two Hork Bajir stumble out. And he's like, "Where's everyone else?" And he's like, "You ate them, Visor." <laughs> the Animorphs win. His Visor just kills every one of his troops one by one. I like how when Rachel's being attacked by the ants, Jake says, Rachel was screaming now. Rachel is the bravest person I know, but the thousands of vicious ants were beginning to attack her now that they were done attacking each other. No one can stand that. No one can stand that. Ants are scary. Ants are scary. I could not stand that. That, that part freaked me out. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. They're eating her flesh, and they're, like, crawling in her eyes and ears. It was the part where they're, like, crawling in her, like, mouth and ears and eyes and nose. That was you imagine? Else, I think. Can you imagine waking up and there's ants in your eyelids? I don't want to imagine that. And in your freaking throat. That's way worse than being an ant. They're also tearing you up. At least she's a bear. Yeah, so I've mentioned multiple times how Caplegate will just, like, do horrible things to these kids when they're in Animal Morph. And I I thought it was interesting that I wasn't bothered by that scene specifically because she was in Bear Morph. And I'm like, yeah, she's just going to morph a human and be fine and none of it's going to affect her, like... What if this series was about a bunch of anthropomorphic animals who didn't morph and she was actually a bear? Yeah, that'd be scary. So it's the fact that she'd morph it, she's, she could morph back and, she, and like, get, you know, take, she'd be fine. Yeah. Because I think in any other situation, yeah, that is terrifying. Ants are scary, especially, like, whatever ants. I assume these were, like, deadly ants. Well, I mean, they're, yeah, they're trying to skin off. This living yeah, they were, they, were, they were walking away carrying pieces of bloody bear flesh. That's yeah, ants are scary, dude. Oh, that's freaky. Like, like you know those images you always see the leaf cutter ants with the big giant leaves, just that, but with bare flesh. Man. Uh, How do you feel when uh, when Jake as a monkey had his neck snapped? I mean, you can't morph out of that. That's pretty epic. Hey, what'd you guys think of the monkey scene where they're all like playing around as monkeys? That was cute. I think that was one of the best like fun time morph happy jump around uh, animal scenes in the series. Yeah, I, I, it was a lot of fun. I liked it. Yeah, the, the squirrel and the dolphin scene just kind of irritated me, but I liked this one. I like the connection between them, like, using their monkey instincts to, like, swing on vines and stuff, and the connection between Visser 3 turns into, a, like, a vine creature, and then, the, and then Jake's like, yeah, I can use my monkey powers, because vines. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about, like, the plan to time travel back and stuff? I mean, they don't actually use it, so I don't think it matters that much. They, they say, hey, let's just... It's a very confusing part of the book, and like, it helped gather tension, because I'm like, I have no idea what they're planning. I have no idea how they're going to get out of this one. That's, where I, that's why I didn't like this book, is because the whole book was like, how are we going to get out of this one? And then like the final battle battle was happening, and there were, I noticed there were six pages left in the book, and I was like, well, I guess some bullshit's going to happen, because nothing of substance could possibly develop in this time, and I was right. You, you did like this book, though, just not the ending. I liked, yeah, I liked, I, th- I think if Applegate wants to write about the rainforest, I don't know what she'd do exactly, but I liked the rainforest experience. Honestly, when I saw those six pages left, I was like, oh man, oh, like the next five books going to take place in the rainforest? That'd be cool. But no, they just go back to normal. That would be cool. Why couldn't we have that? That would be pretty cool. 
Now, I saw the last six pages left, and I thought, wow, this shouldn't be stupid, isn't it? And then it delivered, and I thought it was really what good. What do you mean it delivered? It delivered. It was a Twilight Zone okay, ending. Okay. I, I sent no, a Twilight Zone no, episode. That's a similar a ending. How, what, in what kind of hypothetical scenario would it have not delivered for you? If some, uh, if a whale came, and I don't know, maybe I'm just easily impressed. There was nothing impressive about it. He just wakes up and whoop de doo everything's over. Well, okay, yeah, there's actual stuff that happens is impressive, but the ideas behind it I thought were really interesting. It's... I just love that Jake dies in that whole. Yes, finally, we're going to see Jake die, stupid boy, like boy. Shadow, where you, where you, where you have to die in order to succeed because the god of pain just wants to keep you alive, so it can torture you and feed off your pain. J- Jake summoned his persona. I don't. Know, I've never actually played Persona, but I see people dying and having Persona scrums. I'm just guessing that's that's somewhat so accurate. You, like, yourself in the head. Uh, I, so I have one more note. Um, so basically, the plot is that they axed like took this part of the ship out, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we I have this ship. We need this part of the sh- ship to like time travel back." And they're like, "Okay, if we replicate the shooting by taking the two ships and shooting the lasers at each other again, then maybe they'll take us back." So then Visor 3 moves the two ships together as a trap to like get them to come near the ship, and then he that's when he kills them. And I thought it was silly that, like, okay, we have this piece of the time travel ship that Visor 3 needs in order to get back, so maybe we can work together to get back. But no, wait, we can't trust Visor 3. We can't bargain with him to get Oh, thanks for bringing that up, because I would have forgotten. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, he's saying that the one who lied on his bargain. Visor 3 upheld his side. Visor 3 literally delivered on his bargain. We're referring to a previous book. book there was uh, two books ago where they bargained with Visit 3. Visit 3, like, let go of his important man and took him to the hospital so that he could be taken care of all sweetly. And Jake did not uphold his side of the bargain. He lied to Visit 3. So you know what? Visit 3 shouldn't trust them. Visit 3 should not no longer trust them in bargains because he knows. Jake, instead, instead of saying we can't trust Visit 3, Jake should have said... Yeah, but we can't trust ourselves to follow through on our part of the bargain. So that, part of, that, 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 that plan's not going to work. I know we're going to be tempted to work in grape juice somehow. Yeah, I was like, of course Visa 3 is not going to uphold his part of the bargain because you didn't uphold your part of the bargain last time. That's your fault. The only reason he can't be trusted is because you guys are liars. That was my last note. Uh, this book answered one of my questions from book one. Uh, Jake says that it... I might have said this already, but I completely forgot whether or not I said it. Uh, Jake says, it's impossible to acquire a morph from a person who is morphed. In other words, we couldn't just copy Axe's monkey morph. We had to find an actual monkey. So I'm just glad that that's finally explained. Like, why don't they, why they don't, didn't just have like one person find a squirrel and then morph into it and then have everyone touch that morph. Yeah, I assume that's how it worked. But yeah, I guess it's good that they explicitly said it. Uh, one thing I noticed is that, um, Ever since book three, pretty much, there hasn't been like a super angsty book. Like two and three, I thought really angsty, and we just haven't had that since. I kind of miss that. No, oh, you're right. Like after book three, I was like, man, I'm kind of worried that the series isn't going to come back to this, and it's going to kind of get more child friendly. And I'm worried that's already happening. Yeah, the last the last Marco book was not angsty. At book three, Tobias was just depressed the whole time, and it was really angsty, and it was well written. Well, to be fair, have we only had one Tobias book so far? Yes. Yes. So maybe it'll happen again. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, he's not like sad anymore. He seems, well, maybe, maybe he is. I don't know. I guess we don't know what's in his head. Yeah, we'll have to find out. Maybe he's better at hiding it. So I'm excited for the next Tobias book. I thought a funny line was when um, they're just like, sh- did, 
they're they're just shooting like every tree and bird and animal in sight and, and Mr. Three's like I and you thought perhaps the trees were Andalites as well. <laughs> and that, yeah. that actually made me think I'm like, wait, why why how come Andalites can only acquire uh animal morphs? Because like trees have DNA too, right? They could definitely have to acquire trees, but they'd have to like dig a hole and sit waist deep in dirt before they could safely turn into a tree because otherwise they just have roots like crawling all over the place without being in dirt. Dude, they'd be like tree blings. They would be like tree blings. <laughs> yeah. They'd say tree. I, I just want I just want to know like what a tree's instincts are. Like what like what would they be thinking about if they were a tree? Oh uh, hold on, I have a video of this. Uh photosynthesis. Yeah, I was just in that video. <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, Bader, do you, do you know that sp- scene from Spongebob that uh, B-Natural's talking about? I, I, I think I do. I'll just send it. Uh, this is Spongebob doing his uh, tree role play. Treeblings are from the game Meeblings. Uh, I like how Visitor 3, like, at first it was just like a joke that we had, like, oh, Visitor 3 keeps wanting to eat stuff, but it's just like clearly established that Visitor 3 loves eating stuff. Well, yeah, and he... He he. This in this book, he he didn't kill the other end. He he only killed Jake. He just the other animals. He just held them in his mouth and to take them back to the blade ship. Yeah. Uh, just sloshed him around in there. Just licked him. I thought it was cool when Marco was saying, uh, "We've traveled in time. We're in a jungle fighting brain stealing aliens, and ten thousand annoying species of bugs, and our resident spaceship is a hot looking monkey." And then Jake and him say together, somebody wake me up when you get back to reality. And I just thought it was, I don't know, it was surprising and to it's me. kind of foreshadowing, isn't it? Because Jake eventually wakes up and goes back to reality. Yeah. <gasps> Whoa, that's cool. This seems like a common thing with like time travel or like um, just like any kind of vision of the future where people will be saying something. And then the person who was able to see the future earlier like says the thing at the exact same time. Yeah. But like, I feel like if I was in the situation, I would not be able to remember the exact wording of the thing the person said. I feel like if I had a, had a very realistic vision in the middle of school for no reason, I would definitely remember every detail about it. I don't even remember stuff people said. But I, I don't remember words that happened, like people said like five seconds ago, like the well, yeah, exact but not like, wording. No, well, you can't remember words that like just I said to you just now, but you could remember like if you had a supernatural vision with monkeys and stuff. No, when I'm listening to something specifically because I want to listen to it, and okay, I'm going to listen to this, and I want to write down the exact words. I do not. I usually miss a few words and don't get it perfect. Maybe that's just me, though. Like, even if I'm like typing out like a transcript of something, I mess up the words a lot. But maybe that phrase just stuck with him. Like how um, what is the what is it? Something of smell, morons of smell stuck with matter yeah, for ten years. So some stuff sticks. So maybe he yeah, just really liked the It was weird when they just started drinking the rainwater off of the leaves. Oh, no, that's... They're thirsty. <laughs> My note was just like, um, okay. Charge through the downpour, drinking our fell from the water that drained down off the leaves. That just seems like something like... Applegate was like, oh, wait, aren't they thirsty? Oh, shoot, uh, I gotta, I gotta make sure they don't die of thirst. Uh, uh, they're, they're drinking the rainwater. Okay, let's go. Jake, morph into a wolf and pee all over so we can drink it. <laughs> Hey, so if they, what if, so if one of them like morphs a tomato, tomatoes have a lot of juice in them and liquid. So if so one of them like morphed a tomato and then the others ate all the tomatoes except for like a little bitty piece of tomato that was left, 
then that person could morph back into a human and then morph into a tomato again, and they'd have more tomatoes. Do we even know that they can morph plants? Like, is that established that morphing plants is possible? I assume it should be. I mean, plants don't have brains, so how would they morph back? Look, no, no. Even Okay, let's not even say it's a tomato. Let's just say it's some kind of prey animal. So they just like... So they could like morph as around. As long as they keep the brains, the brainstem intact. <laughs> so, so they eat as much meat as they want. Jake is like, we're gonna draw straws. Whoever has the short straw has to morph into a freaking elephant or a big, big, big horse animal, and then we just just have to eat you while you lie there alive. So, so they could morph a frog and then cut its legs off and eat them, and then unmorph and then morph back into the same frog. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do a frog. You'd want to like have Cassie do her horse morph or Rachel her elephant. You know. Okay, now you're like you're gonna mess with the uh, the the mass floating in zero space. You're gonna run out. Hmm. Uh, we still don't have an answer as to like how how you get to be an animal that's bigger than you are. Yeah, we don't. We need that. And also, every time that they every time they like morph an animal, they get violently dismembered usually. So I don't think it's all an issue. So what do you do? You think that it's just like a bank where every time someone loses a limb and then morphs, it just goes there? It just gets stuck in the real world. Yeah, when hang on, when when one of the arms is cut off and then they morph back, does like the cut off arm disappear? No, it just sits there. Are you sure? I mean, I I it, at no point in the books have they just said like, oh, my arm on the ground suddenly just started fading away. Well, they haven't seen it. Yeah, they never described that at all. Oh, I want to know now. Doesn't one of the covers have them morphing into a starfish on it? Yep. Because starfish have a lot of, like, weird... Like, can't you, like, cut off a starfish arm and it, like, grows into another starfish? Oh, man, how would that work? Oh. Uh, Does that happen in that book? Maybe. Let's find out. That's gonna be cool. Anyway, uh, more notes about this book? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, irritated that they haven't acquired a Horkbridger yet. Like, they've incapitated Horkbridger before. They've, like, had Horkbridger passed out on the floor. I never thought about that, but, yeah, that would be epic. They should just... Yeah, because then, then the Horkbridger wouldn't immediately know that they're not controllers. And they could have made it through the rainforest, no problem. Yeah, and the, yeah. And the, the horse creature could just can like just like hack and slash through through the rainforest so easily too. As Horkbajir, they could have just walked onto the ship. Then they would have just flown home. That would have been a better ending. Why don't they acquire axe? Uh, they should. Uh, and I were talking about this a little bit uh, off recording. I don't think we came to any conclusion though. I think Visitor 3 would probably be able to tell that they're all the same Andalite, but yeah, they should still... <laughs> right. <laughs> they should, well, they should still morph him. From a distance, they could fool him. Yeah, exactly. They should still be. They should still acquire him. Do you think Visitor 3 could tell? Yeah, you could, he could tell if, all, if there were five identical-looking Andalites. Yeah. Do Andalites... Well, we have, we've only seen two Andalites so far, so we don't really know what they look like. I mean, three. We've seen three, yeah. I feel like Andalites have, like, an instinctual, like, ability to tell the difference between other Andalites. Yeah, if, if someone was morphed into five of the same human beings, you'd, that'd be suspicious, especially if they're all naked. <laughs> okay, I guess, yeah, I guess Axe did recognize the Andalites when he, called th- when he striped with them, so. We're all just quintuplets. Hey, hey, how does, how does Andalite pregnancy work? I don't know. We don't even know how Andalite females work yet. It's true. Hey, we've not like we've never met an Andalite female yet. Oh my so, gosh, you're right. so is, is their society like very like patriarchal? Because all of the war princes and heiresses that we know of are male, and that scientist was a guy. Maybe the reason that uh, Visit Three being purple was so embarrassing is that the female Andalites are purple. Ooh. 
haha, he looked like a girl. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would, I feel like that would upset Visa 3. Yeah, he'd be like, See, I'm pretty sure Visa 3 has morphed female animals before. I mean, yeah, but not androids. I feel like Visa 3 seems like someone who'd be like Marco. He's like, no, I don't want to be a girl, Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of girl worlds, not really. Uh, does anyone else have notes on the actual book? Uh, I'm I'm slowly scrolling through. I don't have any. Ten pages left. Oh, I forgot you wrote write them on the book. Yeah, I I'm happy because I got to talk about most of my morphs, most of my notes for this this uh, episode. Maybe I should take fewer notes more often then. Why? Oh, shoot, my skateboard just broke. Why, Mustard? Oh, no. Mustard, why would you take fewer notes? Because then we can get some more of mine. Ah, dang it, my closet broke. Okay, now, after this, it's all just stuff about the ending. Okay, do you want to talk about the cover? It has the same ugly red clouds as the last cover. But at least Jake's not wearing a yellow shirt. I think this is my favorite cover, because it just looks so... Silly. I I have worn that exact same outfit to school, like white T-shirt and a uh, sky blue button-up that doesn't fit very well. Like it's it's way too big on him. I I, I have a shirt just like that. It's, it's a particularly weird uh, choice to be wearing while morphing. The, this is the only time it switches colors. Like usually, like okay, he has a he has a black jacket, so he turns into a gorilla, or he has a brown. The shirt, so he turns into an eagle. But this time, it's just blue straight to orange. Literally, uh, opposite colors. Well, imagine how tacky it would be if he was like wearing like a leopard print jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what animal this is. Leopard, whatever. Jaguar. Jaguar. Jaguar print. Jaguar print jacket. <laughs> I don't like the way his tail looks when it's growing out of his butt. I love his tail. It looks so stupid. What well, is it growing out of his shirt? <laughs> I like the second stage where his shirt just goes whoop. <laughs> yeah. He, he looks like a ghost. I love every single stage. He looks like a boo. Yep. Oh, yeah. Kilt has a really pouty face, and, it, and then it converts well to jaguar face. Yeah. I wonder if they, I wonder if they tell these kids to pose. They're like, all right, you're going to turn into a jaguar, so make sure you like make your face look as much like a jaguar as you can. Okay, you're gonna turn into a spider, so just have an emotionless face and try and like make your chin look big if you can. In the spider and the fly one, they're like they're starting in these really weird poses. They are. No, I, I still my my favorite cover is still, by far is the uh, book three. Yeah, the Tobias one is epic. Like he's doing an action pose in that. I like book four because it's in the water instead of in the sky. Yeah, book four is definitely the most realistic. I mean, she's actually in more suit. Yeah, she's like in a place instead of just like in front of some weird clouds. She's not just in a hellscape for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> these the covers of these books look like screensavers. They do. The the dude who makes these the dude who uh, I was on the dude who makes these David Mattingly's Twitter and he makes these covers and he was like advertising some screensavers that he'd made of the, of the covers. Oh, that's actually really cool. So, uh, yeah, the, <laughs> I can just see, like, the clouds in the background, like, floating around as this kid turns from a jaguar and back. Uh, should we sign off? Here, I, I, found, I found one of these screensavers. Can you imagine if you went to someone's house and their computer just had this screensaver and you didn't know what Animorphs was? Okay, let's look at this.
Oh my gosh, that's a really like high quality photo of Jake, wherever he is. Oh whoa, whoa, what? This is the actual stream. Oh, Wait, what oh you... my wow! Can I he get blinked. that? Does this work on Windows Ten? I don't know. Windows XP. I want to get the screen shaver. It's so epic. Screen shaver. I like the kaleidoscope background near the end. Yeah, me too. Okay, wait. Where's does he? What's his name? David David Mattingly. His Twitter is at Animorphsovist. Yo, guys, probably don't look at that because it might be spoilers. Oh, okay. Well, if you find the actual screen saver, I'm gonna download it to my Windows XP computer. Anyway, let's sign out. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm I'm satisfied. I'm tired. I'm tired. Sorry if I was impatient to end the episode. Uh, I was kind of impatient because I was tired. Yeah, I, th- I was. I was good. I get impatient near the end because my room gets really hot from having the fan off. Be natural. You have to sign off first. Oh yeah, I'm be natural. I'm better. I'm mustard. I'm stir. Joke okay. time. Joke time. Joke okay. time. Joke time. Joke. 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 Yeah. Joke time. Joke. Mustard. You. It's joke. It's joke time. But you don't have to. You don't have to punch me in the face every time you say it. Stir did that. That was stir. What? Sometimes I can't tell them apart. Joke time. Joke time. Open up the joke book and see what's inside. It's a blue sleuth reference. All you blue sleuths. Uh, what's what's the word I'm thinking of? Avianados. What? It's like a. It's a five-syllable word that means fan, or like a person who knows something about something. Okay, here we go. What is a ruler's favorite candy? Smarties. Uh, uh, like... ruler, a ruler. Uh, there's Snickers. There is Butterfingers. There's. I think this is the hardest joke so far because I don't even get it. Well, I mean, I don't know a ruler, inch, inch, centimeters, inch. Centimeters. Sixlets? Is it sixlets? No. Oh. Foot? Uh, oh, measure? Measure? Oh, it's not an actual candy name. What? And I would argue that this isn't even a candy. Lollipop? <laughs> Chocolate <laughs> measurement stick. <laughs> you're, you're close with that, actually. With baklava? No, the thing, no, with chocolate measurement sticks. Oh, with chocolate <laughs> measurement sticks. No, you're close. <laughs> Freaking chocolate cans, chocolate candy globules, brown globules, candy coated, uh, candy coated, uh, inch flakes, inch flakes. That sounds gross. <laughs> no, chocolate coated measurement sticks is very close. You just have to chop off some words and change some stuff. Chocolate coated no. mess. No. no. Chocolate rulers? No. Is it chocolate? No. Is it coated? Chocolate sticks? No. Those pocky things? Is it measurement pocky. stick related? Yeah. So it's something measurement cubits? stick. It is not something measurement stick, no. Is it measurement stick something? It's chocolate no. something. Do you want me to give the answer? Yeah. I've got to figure it out. No. Can I give the answer? Sure. Yes. It's just measurements. Mints. Mints. Man, I should no chocolate in there at all. Well, yeah, just it's close with chocolate measurement sticks because it has it has the literal answer in it. Measurements. I don't. That, that makes sense. That's a joke. 
I don't think I, I don't consider mints candy though. I don't either. Yeah, they, they're candy. Not I mean breath mints aren't candy, but it's it doesn't say that, it's just mints. Yeah, that's just what I imagine. Yeah, I don't usually like when I when I think when I hear mint, I usually immediately think of like breath mints, but that's just me. But these are measurements, the mints that you measure with. That'd be a fun candy. They should have more, they should have more candy that you can play with. Like those uh those like uh Lego those like candy Legos. I love those. Necklaces that you wear and then you 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 get this well, those are kind of gross. You have like spittle over your neck. But yeah, it is. That's like just edible ed I think edible clothing is a bad idea generally. Ugh. Yeah. Okay, so that was that was the first time none of us guessed the joke. I guess sorry if my hints weren't good, but uh, well, the the joke. Your hints were bad. I thought it was chocolate related. I said it wasn't chocolate. No, you did. Yeah, you did. Uh, I think I, that was when I was talking over you. Never mind. Anyway, yeah, podcast over. Uh... Bye. Every time I thought, well, I've seen it all, the rainforest would answer, "Kid, you haven't seen anything. Take a look at this bird. Take a look at that bird. Get a look at this creature, little human boy. I have more to show you than you could see in ten lifetimes." Okay, Rachel said. I take it back. I don't want to pave over the rainforest. I don't care if it's dangerous and deadly or if it's trying to kill us. The rainforest is cool for a jaguar. Yo, so there's a website called Animorphs Podcast Directory, and it's like animorphspodcasts.com. It just has like a bunch of Animorphs podcasts on it. So I messaged the guy who owns it. He was like, hey, can you put a podcast on it? And he was like, yeah. But in return, could you mention my website on your podcast? I was like, yeah, I can, yeah, probably, I can, yeah, I think so. Uh, so yeah, if you want to listen to other animals podcasts, uh, that's there, and it's really, it's, I, I think it's actually really cool because like, uh, there's a lot of animals podcasts, man. But don't stop listening to ours. Ours is really cool, I think. Uh, I, 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 a funny story about the website actually. I don't think, I don't know if this was in the pilot episode, but I remember like when we were trying to figure out a name for the podcast, I, I googled animals podcast, and it's like the first thing that comes up. And like we're, we're trying to come up with names, and like every name that uh, Be Natural came up with was like already a podcast name. Like she thought of like um, the sharing and like Andalite bandits were both names she thought of, and then we looked up and oh, they already exist. Uh, so I thought of an Animorphs Book Club podcast because like I didn't want to say the Animorphs Book Club podcast because I was like, there's like a bunch of them already. So you know, it's what it is, man. It's an Animorphs Book Club podcast, and. Another reason why I like the name so much is because I went to this Animorphs podcast directory and I scrolled through the list. I was like, hey, this list looks like it's in alphabetical order. So if our name is an Animorphs book club podcast, we'd be at the top because the, the other A's were like Andalite or like Animorph and like an Animorph, that's like sooner. So that was actually like one of the reasons that the name is what it is. But then I, I emailed the guy and he was like, okay, yep, so yours is going to be on top because it's the newest one, and that's how it works. And I was like, what? And, like, you go to, like, the bottom, like, like 20 or something, it's definitely alphabetical order. Like, so I was like, what the heck? We're on top now? But, like, uh, I, I kind of like that now because, I mean, it definitely makes sense to show the newest ones because it's, like, the ones that are currently updating. And man, that's a lot. Like even like after I send mine, there's like one, two, three, four, five, six new ones. And also the Animorphs Book Club podcast isn't on there. That other podcast. So like they should get on that. But I'm like scrolling through this 
and I'm like, man, I like I like our icon for this podcast. It's like I, I don't know if I think I mentioned it in the pilot episode of the podcast, but like what the icon is, it's not it's not supposed to represent anything animorphs, of course, because like look at it, it's not because you know I I didn't know what animorphs was, and like I had been trying to learn how to make things in Blender, and I just like this is like just the first thing I made, and uh, I think the the 3D model that has nothing to do with animals kind of stands out, I think, among these other ones, and it's, like, gray. So all of these are, like, blue with, like, the animals logo or, like, an Andalite or, like, something morphing or, like, a picture of two people with the name of the podcast next to it or, like, a York or something. I don't know. Or, like, a, a, lots of blue cubes, too. Uh, and then we just have this thing. Uh, pretty happy with it still. Like that has nothing to do with animals. I don't know why I'm talking for so long. Bye. Hey man, uh, I sent you a text. Uh, could you like uh, send me a recording of you reading it out? If not, it's okay. I'm not sure if I want to include it anyway, or like who I want saying it. But like you know, since internet's back, didn't you could send that to me? Thanks. Shout out to the Animorphs Podcast Directory for putting an Animorphs Book Club podcast on their website. Animorphspodcast.com. Hey, thanks, thanks. I got the audio. Um, but I was, I was like, I was like putting together the episode, and like I listened to it. And uh, do you think you could like send it again? But like, make sure that it's clear that you're saying Animorphs podcasts and not like Animorph podcast or Animorphs podcast or Animorph podcasts, like uh, uh. Just make sure people can tell that it's animorphspodcasts.com. Um, I guess it's not a huge deal, because, like, I don't know. Like, you can just find it with a Google search, but, like, you know, it's... Uh... And again, like, you know, I don't, like... I don't know if I need this, but... Uh, uh, anyway, thanks. Shout out to the Animorphs Podcast directory for putting an Animorphs book club podcast on their website animorphspodcasts.com <laughs>